is Buy-In, a valuation podcast from Horn Healthcare. I'm Greg Anderson with Horn Healthcare. Welcome back to Buy-In for part two of our conversation with Cindy Reese, a partner at Bass Berry and Sims in Nashville. One thing I, I wanted to ask you about, Greg, I sense that with these value-based exceptions, CMS is trying to get away from having to establish whether it's fair market value or commercially reasonable. I, I, I'm not sure that those of us in the healthcare industry can really get away from that. What, what, what oh, do you I think? Agree. I yeah. agree. And I, yeah. I, I do think it's, it's the kind of thing that we will continue to see. I mean, number one, it, it, you know, even if, even if something was not fair market value per se, uh, definitionally, it's still, one would still hope that it would be equitable in, in every sense of the word. Um, yeah. To me, fair market value is as good a measure of that as anything. Uh, and uh, just, you know, becomes a question of what is what is fair market value, what is general market value, and how are those things measured? And I think there's, you know, there's there's a as there is with most anything, it seems like in healthcare, um, fair market value. There are different schools of thought around those mm-hmm. around those very things. Um, another question I often get is, will the proposed rule make compensation valuation in healthcare? obsolete. Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks to, to your question as well. Right. And I think it's quite the opposite. I think, you know, hopefully as a result of this rulemaking, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see the ability to use appraisal skills that we've honed over the years, as opposed to, you know, let's say pulling a page from a survey book, so to speak. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll, we'll see more of the return to, you know, true valuation theory, truly determining what is the value of, uh, the, the services that are provided by a physician, just like we look at the value of a business enterprise in, a, mm-hmm. in the case of a transaction. So I'm hopeful that that will be the case. Uh, good. Me too. Well, a lot more value-based programs are out there that give opportunities for providers to share in the savings uh, to the payer. And I think of the Medicare program right out of the gate, Cindy. You know, I mm-hmm. think about the Medicare Shared Savings Program. I think about things like bundled payment programs, these, these alternative payment models and these advanced APMs. I, I was curious about some of the more creative arrangements you've seen uh, it, and are you seeing a lot of sharing of downside financial risk among providers? You know, since, since we really started thinking about bonuses and kickers for quality and things like that, however you want to term those, we started seeing initially kind of an upside, you know, upside potential, but not a lot of downside financial risk being shared with, with physicians, for example. Yeah. Are you seeing more now of those, I guess that sharing of downside financial risk? No, not a lot yet. Okay. Uh, I have been working with clients on structuring shared savings arrangements under the bundled payments for care improvement advanced um, model, the CMMI model. Yes. Um, and, and most of the NIPRA sharing partner arrangements at the physician level are one-sided mm-hmm. um, in that mm-hmm. the physicians get to share in the savings, but they are not asked to participate in repayment to CMS for losses. Now at the convener and episode initiator level, the, the risk has, is two-sided. I mean, it, it has to be two-sided. Yes. And, and sometimes you will see an episode initiator that is a physician group. M- more often than not, the ones we've worked with 
have been health systems, hospitals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, the reasons for this, um, you know, good question because, (laughs) you know, maybe the target episode costs savings are set too high. Uh, Perhaps the physicians are not willing to share the downside risk because they cannot control a lot of the costs themselves. Particularly if you look at the CAJR model, I asked my orthopedist, um, we spend a lot of money at the orthopedist. Everybody in my family has some joint that's (laughs) been injured in an an athletic (laughs) endeavor. Um, But I asked them one time, I said, are you participating in it? And they said, no. They said, we have no control over what the hospital's costs are. We are not going to go at risk for that. Wow. Wow. And I recently heard Brad Smith, who's the director of CMMI on a, uh, Mm -hmm. on a webinar provide some insight into CMMI's continued commitment to value-based care, even with the coronavirus interrupting things. Mm -hmm. While they are seeing strong data on practice behavior change, they are not seeing aggregate net savings. And he's wondering, perhaps we set the targets too high. Um, He said that the participants and the government are learning the value-based care is hard. <laughs> right. Yes, we, we all knew that. And CMMI has just got to figure out how to make the models sustainable. They, he noted, Brad noted that they are creating a data analytics group that would address the fact that the various models they, they have in place um, have a lot of commonalities, but the information's not being shared. So their plan is to try to combine all that and share the knowledge among the various models and those who are working on them. And they hope that this knowledge share will contribute to showing how the models deliver savings and higher quality. Mm -hmm. And so in that event, maybe participants would be willing to share in the downside risk. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Cindy to discuss more. Buy-in is brought to you by Horn Healthcare. For over 60 years and with more than 70 dedicated accounting and advisory professionals, Horn Healthcare is a decidedly different firm. Find us online at hornllp.com. I will note that the one more time on COVID-19, the pandemic (laughs) has had an enormous impact on the MMS, MSSP, sure. the bundled yes. payments, mm-hmm. and all those other value-based care models. And CMMI mm-hmm. is responding by, among other things, they're, um, like under MSSP, uh, they triggered what they, what's defined as the extreme and uncontrollable circumstances policy, yes. which mitigates mm-hmm. the shared losses, which was great mm-hmm. news. Yes. Um, and, and then they've also allowed ACOs that did not complete quality reporting to in effect receive the ACO quality performance mean Mm -hmm. and ACOs Mm -hmm. that did complete the quality reporting can receive the higher of their own performance score or the ACO mean for performance quality score. So I I think that's been then helpful for them. And also I think they, uh, they decided not to even have a 2020 application cycle and there there's a voluntary one year Mm -hmm. agreement extension that would, for anybody, uh, any provider who had an agreement or ACO that had an agreement that ended December 31, 2020. I think they've also removed some episodes of care for the treatment of COVID-19, which then Mm -hmm. you avoid Mm -hmm. being either rewarded or penalized for having 
a lower or higher uh, COVID-19 spread in your assigned beneficiary population. So that, that I think was a good idea. And then with, with respect to the use of telehealth, um, oh, yeah. yeah, which is everyone is now probably had at least one telehealth visit with their <laughs> provider. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> CMS has revised the beneficiary assignment procedures during this public health emergency to include an added number of telehealth codes that will count in the definition of primary care services. So I think they've done a lot in terms of making changes to all of these models um, to basically to give you the option to eliminate the uh, upside and downside risk in, uh, for example, in bundled payments um, yeah, yes. for 2020 and you forego Fantastic. a 2020 reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they're, they're being flexible. It's sort of like they took a pause for 2020 and, and you <laughs> know, they're going to look forward to 2021. Yeah. You know, at the, at the start of the pandemic, we were all kind of hoping that there would be some flexibility. And I think, I think that's, we've seen a lot of flexibility and yeah. these are, these are welcome changes because you can imagine, you know, the impact of COVID-19 on somebody that's, you know, part of a shared savings or oh, a bundle yeah. payment arrangement, it could be devastating. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, that they've been as flexible as they've been. And me certainly too. I know a lot of providers welcome that. So, well, well great. Thank let you. me throw one more question your way. Of so, you know, what kinds of financial risk sharing are you seeing in these various value-based programs? Yeah, I think you described a lot of, you know, a lot of what we've seen as well. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to me that with the, with the APMs, uh, it, it tends to be, you know, less complex than with the advanced APMs. And, mm -hmm. and you mentioned some of the bundled payment arrangements and BPCI is, you know, as you know, an advanced APM. Yeah. I have seen a couple of those that had some downside risk to the, to the episode initiators uh, mm -hmm. in, as part of the NPRA sharing arrangement. But what I've, what I've seen has been a much smaller downside risk share on the part of the physicians than on the part of the hospital. Say, for example, yeah. if you've got a hospital and physician partnership uh, that are, that are you know, going together toward these bundle payment programs, much more of the downside financial risk is, is assumed by the hospital and a much, much smaller portion mm -hmm. on the physicians. And then that tends to flip, at least, at least it's 50-50, <laughs> maybe even higher in favor of the physicians on the financial upside. It's funny so, how they uh, look for that opportunity it, when yeah, they can. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, I think you covered a lot of the same things that we've experienced. I and mean, just these, I think the advanced APMs tend to have a little bit of that, but I agree with you completely, Cindy. I think there's still a lot more to be seen and maybe some of this added flexibility will, uh, mm -hmm. you know, at, at some point, especially with better data, uh, allow for, for more sharing of, you know, upside, appropriate upside and, and downside risk. Well, I think we have hit uh, the point that we've uh, reached the end of our time for this session and Cindy it's just been it's been an absolute honor and a joy to to visit with you and I really appreciate the time you've spent visiting with me and and uh, I, I look forward to doing this again soon and you know we've we've been we've been quarantined for so long it seems like uh, you know we we see folks virtually more than we do in person but uh, but I look forward to some of these in-person conferences and things like that to be able to 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 do more you know face-to-face -face visits with folks like we were used to doing so thank you again for everything you've done and for your time today 
Well, thank you, Greg. I have really enjoyed this discussion and I look forward to seeing you in person soon. And just a thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. We appreciate you. Appreciate uh, you taking the time to spend a little bit listening with us and hope you'll join in for some of the other episodes as well. This is Greg Anderson with Horn. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Buy-In, a podcast from Horn Healthcare. Buy-In is produced by Horn LLP. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. For more about Horn, visit hornllp.com.